0: Now, a, this is a Food Talk Show, and normally, as you know, uh, me and AJ are in the studio surrounded by food, but today we've gone on a bit of a road trip, haven't we? We have, I'm so excited about this one. You're always excited about every show. And um, today we've, we've made it up to London, it's a bit of a hot day actually, and we're at the very sort of posh end of Park Lane, where Park Lane meets Piccadilly, and we're in the Intercontinental Hotel I'm wearing jeans, but they let me in. You look very very nice. I put my dress on today. dressing up (laughs) for the occasion. Um, And the reason why we're here is because we're so excited to meet Philly, who has just released an amazing new book. Um, So that's Philly Philly Armitage Matin. And she's released a book called Taste Kitchen Asia. And the reason why I'm very interested is it's not just any old cookbook. It's actually broken down into your taste profile. And in it, you have a little quiz. And I have gone through that quiz. And apparently, I'm a comfort eatery person thing which i'm going to ask philly about uh what do you reckon you are did you think you might be i've just done the quiz and i think i'm a dark horse right, that's about right so the reason why i'm comfort is i i love sort of nutty i love sort of the sort of cooking oils and dressing oils I love coconut milk i shed loads of butter rice you know sesame seeds i love noodles big big thing for me so that that is really my type of you know, in Southeast Asian terms, that's my sort of food. Your, your sort of more, what, what sort of thing do you like? Well, it's very umami.
1: All these flavors, sort of white miso, fish sauce, parmesan, soy sauce—all these really
0: deep, lovely, rich umami so, flavors. Salty, umami, yeah, Okay. I've got Philly sitting next to me. Philly, just tell us a little bit about your background in terms of cooking, because your face is very familiar to me. Why is that?
1: Um, yeah, I guess my face is familiar from MasterChef. I was on MasterChef: The Professionals 2020, and then I was on the rematch uh, last year at 2021. Um, so yeah, loved MasterChef. Loved my MasterChef journey, and it really taught me a lot. Um, so it's it's been a, a whole big journey from MasterChef and to MasterChef as well, and learnt loads during the show.
0: They couldn't get enough of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the for the book, I'd say it's more learning to cook with more. Asian ingredients and Asian flavors, um, and I, I also have a massive passion for food science and the science of flavor. And I think uh, throughout the book you can kind of see touches of that throughout the book. Um, I really want to incorporate more a little bit of scientific knowledge where you need it, like just to make you a little bit of a better home cook. It's not too techy. Um, I've got a master's in chemistry. My physics professor was the same as who research with Heston. So I've been researching about the psychology of flavor and how we actually taste with not just our tongues, but with all of our senses and even our memory. Um, That's why the book is split into different colors because we associate different colors with different flavors. It's all like things that you wouldn't really notice, but uh, I I put a lot of thought into it.
0: So, so, but your your real thing is Southeast Asian flavours, isn't it? And I think that's the thing that you brought to it. And and i on a bit of a mission to get people to understand those flavours.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, so after after I studied my degree in chemistry, I um, I worked for Gordon Ramsay. For that I got my background, uh, my basic training in cooking. Um, but then I became a development chef because I I'm very creative. I was a creative chef. Um, I'm sure you saw that on the show. Like I love to create and. Um, give me a box of ingredients and I'll come up with 10 dishes um, but I, I love to develop so I actually develop ready meals for uh, Tesco <laughs>
0: which was interesting which but was good great experience though, of super course.
1: super fun people are like oh it's not that sexy and I'm like oh it's so cool like understanding how to um, batch up something from a two kilo brat pan a two kilo saucepan, um, making tikka masala sauce to 30 tons and Doing the science behind that and the calculations, I think, is really cool. Um, yeah, Cooking is a science, isn't it? And the way you're doing this and pulling together all these different kind of textures and feelings and flavours is really incredible. What I feel cooking is, is a fusion between art, science, passion and then skill. Um, I, and I, that's what I love about cooking. I love, I love food. The reason I got into cooking, um, my dad took me to this, re- to the Long Clume in the Lake District. It was my first like really like nice restaurant that I'd been to. And I was just enthralled by the chefs in the kitchen. They're just like looking like dancers, like working. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. They're just like magicians down there. And like, and the food they brought out was just literally like magic. I was like, how did they do that? I want to know how they did that. And I was studying for my master's at the time. And I was like, guys, uh, how would you do it? They took me back to the development kitchen, met the chef there. He had studied chemistry. He studied physics. So he got a doctorate in physics, master's in chemistry. And I was like, wow. The kitchen looked exactly like the lab that I was studying in. However, he got to eat everything he made. And I was like, (laughs) I want
0: this job. Bonus. (laughs) (laughs) I want
1: to be just like him. So uh, from then, that's that's what put me on my journey to where I am today.
0: Now, having, having uh, had all that background at Gordon's Ram- Ramsey, Chef, all mm-hmm. those sorts of things, we've now got this Taste Kitchen Asia book that, uh, that, that is published um, and it's available everywhere you care to mention, uh, so you can order it. Now, you've got six flavours and you've got an amazing set of recipes here. Where did you get the, the background for, for, for actually compiling these recipes? I presume you didn't sit in a flat in London and, and make them all up. Half,
1: half true, um, but no, I, I spent about... My first restaurant that I worked at was a Japanese-influenced restaurant, um, and that's what could have sort of um, brought... I was first introduced to different ingredients that I would not really used before, um, and this was at the time where you couldn't get miso in your local supermarket and you had to like kind of know about where to go. Um, and then from that, I was just like, this, these ingredients bring so much flavor, I, I love it. Um, I want to take a trip and learn more about these flavors and get, get on the ground almost. So I spent a year traveling from Japan to Indonesia um, and worked in different restaurants, um, different cities um in Tokyo in Hong Kong you know, all across China um and
0: so, so how did you do that just rock up and go look I'm, a, I'm an amazing chef guys is there any chance I could just work in your kitchen for free for a couple of weeks is that, that so, that's sort of more yeah, or less what yeah, you said
1: nostalgic. um it's quite like well known that's what that's what you do as a younger level chef but uh I mean I, I still do it today I've, I've got no ego about myself I'm like if I don't know any if I if I find a new cuisine that i absolutely love I'll, I'll literally start with somewhere now but yeah so i literally um went to these cities and be like can i come work for free and learn a bit about your food i think your food is amazing um and that's kind of how it happened um go to the food markets taste the food go to the restaurants that i'd love to eat um and then also go to homestays so there's one recipe in there called like women of shaolin where um so i camped on the great wall of china it's it's not Totally legal, <laughs> but uh, found a found a blog post about it. Count on the Great Wall, um, and then afterwards I got a load of buses back, got into Shaolin, walked through the town, um, went to our homes went to the homestay. There was just uh, at the homestay there was three generations of women making dumplings. Okay, I know no Mandarin, but like, can I help you? Um, and then they showed me, and that's how. That, it's kind of like moments like that that i think is just so beautiful and everyone is so passionate about their food and i feel like it's uh, it's a great way to show their culture as well i think uh, and share which it was really beautiful
0: so so then having gathered all these th- these incredible recipes and stories mm-hmm. and knowledge and and uh, mm-hmm. y- you know experience i suppose how did you then work out in your head that there were these this sort of distinct six type of taste profiles that people like so so for example i'm I'm now looking through your book (laughs) Uh, i'm comfort as as i explained earlier so i've just looked at there's like a a black bean mccani right Mm. now i know that i'm absolutely going to love that i just Mm. know i am because it's got loads of butter in it (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and it's got ginger which i love and chili powder and then there's black beans and there's this double cream and it's thick and unctuous so i just absolutely know It so is for me
1: the adap- the ad- adaptation. So um, the black bean makani is actually like the dal makani, um, which is very traditional northern Indian dish. However, we find it hard to get arid dal in this country. Yeah. Um, it's really hard, and plus, then it takes hours and hours to make. So I've tried to make everything a lot more accessible, time efficient as well, and accessible. So I'm using tin black beans, and you get. You'll taste it later, but you'll get the same pro- flavor profile as the um, dull but it takes about half an hour to make, yeah. rather than four hours. Which is it's... amazing because let's be honest, all the people who are going to buy this book, and I really recommend that you mm. do. You know, we, we've all, we, everyone's got busy lives, haven't they? Mm. We've got to get the ingredients, yeah. and you know, kids, and all the rest of it, and jobs, and, and all the rest honest. of it. And being honest that's another benefit of cooking with asian flavors because if you're cooking with french flavors or western like european sauces they take hours to make this is that's what really drew me as well to a lot of asian ingredients because you pack in especially gotchujang is probably my favorite ingredient um it packs in a punch of flavor it's like flavor hacks with like time efficient, it's it's all about that. And that's what I'm really lending myself well to the book. Um, and then going back to your question on uh, the, the flavors, I'd say it's more of a feeling. So with comfort, for example, I prefer that sort of flavor palette in the winter. So our palette changes with our um, the mood, our weather. I was gonna ask. Exactly, if you're hungover, hungover and you wanna be comforted, you're gonna grab a big bowl of noodles. <laughs> Um, But if you're feeling a bit tarty and it's a light summer day and you've got a glass of rose, you're going to have a nice salad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: Now, I've just I've just gone through the book and I've now got to your bit, which is a dark horse bit, which will tend to have more recipes that are right up your street. Miso sticky toffee pudding. Now I happen to know you've got a little bit of a sweet tooth. Look at that picture. I know. I, I've I've already <laughs> checked this picture out. In fact, I've seen it on Instagram. It, this excites me enormously. And and in a way, this is amazing because it goes right the way back full circle. Because cartmel sticky toffee pudding is mm. the best in the world, isn't it? Uh, yeah. is that, I'm, I'm and I'm like, guessing that's your influence. I have like a special
1: relationship with that actually because uh, that's where that's where my grandparents uh, used to live, and that was the only sticky toffee pudding I'd ever had. So you were spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, that we'd, we'd only have sticky toffee pudding when we go see my grandparents, and we'd, we'd always get a carton sticky toffee pudding. But um, uh, my dad's really into whiskey, so it's got a bit of miso in it, and it's got some whiskey as well.
0: Lead us nicely now to your pop up venture, which yeah. we're sitting here in the Intercontinental Hotel, as we described. So you're, you're there for. Uh, a few months, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so it's going to be. Uh, I'm I'm at the Intercontinental. It's called Taste Kitchen Asia at the Inter- Intercontinental, and I'm here from the second of August until the twenty fifth of September.
0: And that's uh, twenty twenty two because we have so many listeners who who uh, uh, obviously listen to our uh, podcast from 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 years back, overlooking Green Park, um, and. Does it mean that me and AJ uh, can come and have lunch and, and we can talk, talk our lovely listeners through some of these dishes? Yeah,
1: you're going you're gonna to have your black bean carnie, you're going to have the cheesecake, you're going to
0: have the sticky toffee pudding. Is there anything else that you would highly recommend? Because we'll, yeah, What shouldn't we miss? Yes, what is, what is <laughs> something that really shouldn't be missed? What's your, what's your favourite? What are you most proud of? potatoes come on i'd say
1: the the difference between the book and the restaurant i've just leveled it up slightly made it a little bit more chefy but like not too much the flavors are still true to the book um i would say don't miss out on the gunpowder potatoes
0: do you mind philly just running us through the 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 gunpowder potato recipes I'm, i'm quite familiar with gunpowder potatoes uh, from Dishoum. Uh, this is is a different take, isn't it?
1: The recipe in the book is with uh, baby potatoes and it's a bit more classic. Um, loads of lemon, loads of chilli, and then the spice powder that goes through it. So, fennel seeds, cumin, turmeric is roasted off in the oven. It's super, super tasty.
0: God, my it's mouth's watering. I know, already. mine is too. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> How I've leveled it up for the restaurant is I've created a layered potato. It's called a pomana where you use mandolin or slice the potatoes super, super finely, coat them in butter and then salt and bake them for about an hour and a half. And then you press them overnight. You need to make sure you press it overnight and then chop them into little sticks and then fry them. So they get layers of potato. They're so crunchy, crispy, um, which is so delicious. And then, and then brushed with the gunpowder oil. A little bit of chili, lime, and uh, lemon, lemon wedge as well with some coriander. So tasty. And then, guys, you can't forget my fried chicken. Oh, oh okay. yes, of course. Yes. Fried chicken. Fried
0: chicken. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to have that. So
1: the fried chicken is... Um, I'm pretty obsessed with fried chicken. I served it twice on MasterChef. Fried chicken in the restaurant, there's three different flavours. So we've got a katsu mayo, um, a classic Korean barbecue... And then I make a fermented hot sauce, so it's, re- it's made with scotch bonnets, a little bit spicy. Oh, wow.
0: So, um, Philly Armitage Matin, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you inviting us to your, to your new pop-up. Don't forget the book is called Taste Kitchen Asia, six flavours to suit every taste. And make sure to find out your flavour palette indeed and we will send we will put links on our website obviously um thank you so much philly we know you've got to dash into the kitchen and do service we're going to saunter over uh, now outside to the restaurant our guest today and we've got Anna Hoare who's of Myrtle Restaurant. Hi. Hi, hello. Oh, very yeah, I'm very excited to see you. very excited to be here. We're going to, uh, we're going to describe you as an expert on Irish food. Oh, I don't know if I'm an expert on Irish food but I am Irish. There you go. <laughs> see? That's fine by us. The top 10 Irish foods. Number one Irish food that most people mention. Cheese.
2: Cheese. Gotta be Soda, bread. cheese. Soda bread.
0: Soda mm. bread. Soda bread. Or as we call in
2: Ireland, Bread.
0: <laughs> bread. <laughs> Um, shellfish um, is very uh, very good in Ireland so there's some great oysters from Galway Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. clams from Connemara and of course Dublin Bay prawns Mm -hmm. so some great um, seafood Uh, Irish stew with potatoes that's a good one on a rainy cold day Mm. Uh, Coal Cannon and Champ yeah you'll find that in every restaurant in Ireland can you you tell me the difference um,
2: Um, well it changes in different areas of Ireland because it was more about um, using up kind of ingredients that you had but Uh, Champ is usually spring onions, often with a bit of bacon or bacon fat. On top. If you don't have that, you um, you kind of create a little well and you put butter in it and you let the butter melt and then it kind of is like a little um, <laughs> oh, it's like a volcano if you know what I mean effect. So that's kind of traditional way of doing it. Um, and then culcannon can be made with leeks, but in um some places it's made with cabbage. A lot of places it's made with cabbage. Or well, it's gone
0: kale now.
2: It's gone and kale. More, yeah, okay. kale, like uh, kale was a big thing when I was a kid. Like yeah. at um Halloween, we would have this is so brilliant. We'd have curly kale, like blanched, boiled, then mixed through mash and they'd hide money in it. (laughs) So <laughs> oh, brilliant. In so Halloween, we hide so money choke. and presents everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to have your wits about you or you are to death. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and do you know what uh, box tea is?
2: Yeah. Tea. It's going to be on my menu. It's going to be uh, is it possibly the signature dish. Yeah. Oh, so, no, explain that because we're so back to the potato tea.
0: world, aren't we? Yeah. Because
2: yeah. I was dying to actually say that when got you were on. talking about potatoes. So, um, depending on what part of Ireland you're from, there's different box teas. There's three types of box tea. So, there's a pancake one, which is similar to a crepe, there's a dumpling one, which is similar to naki. And there is a a bread one, which is like a potato farrel. So it's like a scone cooked in a pan.
0: Potato bread sort of thing. Yeah, potato bread.
2: So all of them have the same ingredients, which is uh, mashed potato, raw potato, egg, flour, and uh, some sort of liquid like milk. And depending on how much of those quantities, you have three different products. Uh, But my one will be uh, the dumpling. And I'm so excited about it because I uh, put (laughs) braised uh, beef in the centre of it, so you can't
0: see it. So then when you cut into it, it's... It's like a little mm. yeah, it's a treat when you open it up. Yeah. And uh, could you tell me what coddle is? Oh,
2: coddle. <laughs> oh, my God, you're mentioning all the good things. Um, coddle is a Dublin dish and uh, it was made on the streets of Dublin uh, years ago. Like uh, it would be our original street food. And there were just a big vats of, of, of uh, pots just boiling and they would throw in uh, potatoes, sausages, rashers. Carrots, like different bits and pieces. Um, And again, depending on what part of Ireland you're from, there's brown coddle, almost, uh, red coddle, (laughs) what? And then there's like normal real coddle, which is the one I was raised on, which is like so delicious. When I was a kid, I used to say to my mum, when I get married, this will be the the food at the wedding. But you wouldn't. It's like slop, like it's like something that you would feed a pig, but it's delicious, (laughs) a very lucky pig.
0: So Um, it's a very slowly cooked stew in a way.
2: It's like a mashy stew
0: with kind of lumps of
2: potato lumps of sausage lumps and traditionally the sausage has no skin on it yeah it's really weird like you can buy that in Ireland yeah, no yeah. skin sausages um, and then we never the had onions, carrots in ours maybe. we would have uh, peas in ours which was very fancy. We never had frozen peas. You it was bought deluxe, um, and yeah, and my mum used to sneak a little packet of uh, uh, nor soup in there. And when I make it, I still make it like the way my mum did, because you can be so chefy about things sometimes. If I make it in the restaurant, obviously I'm sorry, mum, I can't use your recipe. But at home, I use my mum's recipe because it's delicious, you know. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: And finally, bonbrack. That's Halloween. That's how we. Oh God, it's all just matching in together. So Halloween, yeah. So we used to have secret treats in it. We have to it's have a ring in it. It's a, it's a fruity tea it. loaf, isn't it's it? It's like a tea loaf. It's yeah. a little bit like panettone, you know. It's yeah. like a yeast um, um, cake, and uh, you put a ring in it. You put a stick in it. You put a pea in it, and you put a rag in it. <laughs> and you get it. You cut a slice of it, and each slice, it's like it's like Russian roulette because it's dangerous. Some of the stuff you don't want. The ring, brilliant. You're going to get married. Obviously, that's what everybody wants. Apparently, in Ireland. But a stick, your husband will beat you. Uh-oh, you don't want the stick. A rag, oh you'll goodness. be poor. <laughs> a rag, you'll be poor. And a pea, you will come into money, I think. I think that, that's what that one is. So it was like a fortune-telling cake. And now in Ireland, you will only just get the ring. They don't have all the other stuff. But every ha- every Halloween, we still sell that Can in imagine Ireland. Imagine eating a cake, you find
0: a rag in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was so exciting. When you'd cut into the cake as a kid, you'd like and then you'd be like hoping that you'd hear a little thing because if it did then you might need to angle it a bit more to make sure you got the, the yeah, ring yeah,
0: so the cake could be cut all love sided but yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting well I have to say uh, cheese in Ireland mm. gets my vote yeah uh, really there's some great um, cheeses um, any particular favourites of yours
2: oh my god there's so many amazing cheeses in Ireland so um, uh, I, obviously I love the crozier blue cashel blue brilliant fabulous blue cheeses culet is an amazing no, cheese you know, that, it's my favorite. It's an incredible cheese, and, and that's like in the wrong sort of hands, it can ruin a dish because yeah. it's got so much flavor. And in the right hands, it can make a dish.
0: And it's very strong. It's very strong, and it's in mature. it's in my box to your recipe. It's
2: sort it in of like there.
0: Gouda, really. Would you say
2: it, it reminds me of Gouda and uh, really aged Gouda? Mm. You know, I w- it would be a great um, alternative to Parmesan.
0: Yes. Really, really good cheese. Beautiful. Really good cheese. I'd recommend that to anybody listening. Mm. Uh, Another favourite of mine, which I have to say, I go way, way, way out of my way to get this, and I know it sounds mad. Red lemonade. No, but you cannot guess it anywhere else to the same standard, and that is James Whelan Butcher's Beef Dripping. Oh, yes. Have you ever had that? No. It's the best, uh, best, literally, in the world. Yes, and for me, best cookery school in the world... Ballymalo. Absolutely. Uh Darina Allen and her family have have, have, have really really explained what cooking and food t- to me should be about. And
2: foraging. The the concept yeah. of foraging. Like in Ireland, it used to be part of your life. You know, you would supplement, like you'd blackberries that would grow, and you would just pick blackberries. Where now, like you know, that's a novelty thing, but that was kind of part of your life. And yeah. Myrtle Allen, who originally opened um Malou. She was the first chef that went to the cheese suppliers in Ireland where she were in the area she was working in all of them were selling the cheese straight over to America or to France. We weren't actually eating it in Ireland. And she said, will you sell me small con- quantities and I'll do only Irish cheeses in the restaurant? Yes. It seems like straightforward mm, that now, seems but amazing. that was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Revolutionary. So you know, a visionary is what, what I'd say she was.
0: A, a really important figure in the mm. world of uh, cookery. I
2: yeah, think. she's considered one of the best chefs to
0: ever come out of Ireland. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and I went on a lovely holiday once to Kinsale, which I do consider to be the gourmet capital of Ireland. Is it still considered that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I could. Mm. You know, there's
2: so much. Like down by the burn. I mean, my God, the produce there is—it's incredible. I—I I just think there should be school trips for every child in Ireland to go to the burn and see what we produce there. It's—I'm mm. it, incredibly proud every time I go back there. I find a new supplier or a new thing. It's—it's it's really and beautiful so beautiful
0: if there is anybody listening from the irish tourist board we do, <laughs> <laughs> do take backhanders for doing all this stuff um, it, it, it truly is though uh, and i think it is to do the weather which we all mm. laugh at but but it's got the most beautiful grass which mm. gives you the most wonderful dairy products um and and obviously the sea you know around Ireland. so it's got a natural sort of source if mm. you like of, of of many um great things that you would just die for Now that leads us rather nicely. You've been incredibly kind and you seem to have bought a big box of stuff. Treats. Ireland's great at butter. Yeah. Yeah, butter.
2: well, I think it's a, a, a it's a, depending on um, where you get it. So you do. There are small suppliers like um, this, uh, the Glennon uh, farm. This butter is so delicious because it's, it's got a, like a little bit of um, acidity to it. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like the way butter should because it has to kind of um, they have to use like a starter in it. to Because to, obviously mm-hmm. if you whip cream, you can you over whip cream, you can make butter. Yeah. That's it. You'll just make butter, but the idea that they use a starter
0: in it and it just—it's so delicious. It's—it's it's got a great flavour of it and salty, 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 salty. Mm-hmm. Now whiskey. Mm. So we've got a little Irish whiskey here, and for those of you who don't know, uh, whiskey that's Irish is spelled with an e between the k and that's the y. That's correct. And, uh, yeah. Scottish whiskey. Is that correct any.
2: spelling for whiskey? Can I just say? And you, uh,
0: you would say that's correct yes. spelling of whiskey. <laughs> so we have a Dubliner Irish whiskey here. Uh, a massive bottle about... there. Very generous yeah. portion. Uh, of us. What's the story about uh, Irish whiskey? So, so uh, presumably it's just like exactly like Scotland, where it's just one of those historic things that's been going on for yeah. years and years and years. In I just, cost. Drink, I
2: just drink the stuff. Um, okay. But I do think Redbreast is just. <laughs> Goodness, yes. Please. I've never heard of that. Oh, well, really? I, I'll tell you now, I wouldn't be a whiskey connoisseur by any stretch, but uh, and, uh, I'd be happy with Jameson or, or Dublin or Annie uh, any day. But if I am going to treat myself, Redbreast
0: is the the one. It is, yeah. Go. You're going to have a little taste of this whiskey then? I've been told that you should actually never have malt whiskey without cutting it with water. Contrary, oh, absolutely. Contrary to popular opinion, people say you shouldn't put water in whiskey. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. Because actually, it just not a lot of it, but
2: it tiny is the
0: flavour, and, a- an and absolute tiny drop breaks, yeah, and it and it sort of breaks the is flavour. That,
2: yeah. And that's with any spirit, though. If you even did that with a vodka, you would get a, a different flavour from it. It it, it mm. does awaken spirits.
0: It's a bit like having a herb and then cutting a herb, but that's released the flavour. It's exactly oh, yeah. what you do with them. Now, um, we're going to have to move on just a little. I'm sorry about this. The whole studio now is full of smoked salmon and <laughs> whiskey and uh, biscuits. We've got a, a, a Ballymallu relish. relish there. We've got a Dingle gin. We've got Cashel Blue. <laughs> we've got some plain ported cheese. It looks amazing. And, and some great, great butter. Can we talk a little bit? Do you know much about um, Greek food?
2: I have Greek relatives. Anna. Oh, okay. do you? Yeah, my auntie fell in love with a Greek man, so I have two Greek cousins ah. and a Greek uncle. Ah, okay.
0: So, yeah, I was raised on um, Greek yogurt. I, I suppose before we before we go to the Greek thing, actually, just briefly, I should mention your why you're here, really, because you're about to open this lovely new restaurant called yeah. Myrtle, aren't that's you? That's right, yeah.
2: Yeah. A small little 40-seater restaurant in Chelsea. And
0: uh, that's going to be opening in the next couple of weeks? In the uh, middle of April, hopefully, as long so as nothing goes wrong. Weeks. Yeah, <laughs> great. And and you're sort of on a mission, really, to, to, to bring... What you might consider to be proper, traditional, well made Irish food to the UK, as opposed to sort of our, you know, sort of perception of what it might be?
2: Well, it'll be modern. Um, and my background is modern European with French technique, yeah. so, and I love that food. So I'll be cooking that food, but it will be with an Irish influence. So there will be some uh, Irish dishes that are modernised, but still I will be. You know, making pastas or doing risottos like it will be a modern European restaurant um, because that's what I'm trained in. But I'd love over time for it to evolve and become more and more Irish. But a big focus will be on Irish produce, like uh, beef, like I, I buy my beef from the Burren. Nobody's had this beef over here. It's really special. There you go. Yeah, it's nice. it's it's, a, it's an ancient farming technique that they use and I have to buy a whole cow. So I have to get a butcher pick my beautiful little pretty cow, slaughter it and do all that and then ship it over to me. So it'll be probably a quarter cow a
0: week I'll use. And this Myrtle at the uh, Food Talk website. We'll make sure that you get a link to that. So our guests today have been uh, Anna Haw. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing lovely food in, which well, when we go off air, we're going to dive into, I think. And a bit of an expert on Irish food because she's Irish. <laughs> uh, and please look out for Myrtle Restaurant, which will be on our website. And thank you so much, Philly. Thank you, AJ. If you, you, you probably all know that we're syndicated to all these lovely programmes around the country now. Um, if you want to get uh, us to be syndicated on your radio programme for free, mm-hmm. because we want to we want to showcase guys like this, don't we? Absolutely. Like Nick and Will. Um, please do contact us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. And there's hundreds of podcasts. Hundreds, as I say, we're, we're, we're even having people back that were here six years ago. So that's how long we've been around. We've got we've got everything from snail farming to beekeeping. So go to foodtalk.co.uk. Uh, we're going to tuck into some snacks. I think oh, can't wait. Yes. Have a good week. Bye bye.